Hello, and welcome to our The 100 Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray, and I am a 27-year-old writer in Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old film student from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Today we have a really cool opportunity. We're chatting with everyone's favorite outlaw, Louisa Dalavera, aka Imori. Hi, everybody. Yay, <laughs> Louisa. How are you doing today? <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm really, really good. I just, I just uh, watched episode ten, and I'm super pumped about it. <laughs> uh, how's the weather in Vancouver? It's beautiful. It's sunny. It's surprise. It's not raining, so that's a win. Wow. It's actually amazing right now. It's like a summer day. I am so jealous because I live in Vancouver. And I just left to come to Hawaii because I couldn't handle the rain anymore for a little bit. So good thing I left just in time for it to be sunny. <laughs> uh, how's the weather in Hawaii? I bet it's good there at least. It's so nice. Um, I can currently hear roosters, but otherwise it's good. <laughs> oh, roosters are amazing. They're so amazing. They um, actually walk across our yard from time to time. So I get to uh, have new rooster friends. Yeah, that's kind of nice. But what yeah. time is it over there if there are roosters going around? It's 10. They go all day. It's 10 in the morning, but... I don't think they know that. No. Do they wake you up every morning? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> 3 a.m. Be like, oh, okay, it's rooster time. Excellent. 3 a.m. Yep. <laughs> Just what I was hoping for. Yep. <laughs> well, Alberta's pretty miserable today. <laughs> Is that where you are? Yeah. Yeah, we're all Canadians. <sighs> oh, awesome. Yay, yeah. Canada. Big Canadian <laughs> family here today. What's that? Big Canadian family here today. Yes, that's right. Big Canadian family. Big Canadian family on the 100. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, big Canadian family. <laughs> um, so I know everyone knows like who I mean, how amazing Amori is, but could you give us like a quick summary of like what brought you to the 100? Yeah, um it's a it's a pretty kind of regular story. I I mean, I I'm based mostly out of Vancouver and it shoots here, so when they do a lot of searches for new uh, cast members. They do searches in Vancouver, and I had auditioned for them for multiple roles beforehand. So they they knew who I was, and I had I think they liked me because they kept bringing me back in. Um, and then they must have just really liked me for this role. And then uh, and then after the the episode in, in season two that I was in, uh, Richard and I had really good chemistry, and we just worked well off each other. And I think um, they must have seen like Jason and the writers must have seen where they could take the characters so then they brought me back for season three and the rest is history yeah i remember that episode airing and everyone going oh who's this she has an interesting with murphy <laughs> yeah this person with a face tattoo and a mutated hand and what's wrong what's going on with i'm just interested some so, so many things are happening and it's interesting <laughs> Yeah, I was asking you about that when we did our meet and greet at Unity Days because, like, I'm a film student, and so that stuff is always super interesting to me. Mm -hmm. It's always, like, like anything in the film industry, and it's always very collaborative. There's always usually a lot of factors why things work out. So speaking of Unity Days, we got to have the opportunity to go there and be on a panel about podcasting about the show, and so we got to meet you there. And I mean, I think I kind of talked to you a little bit about this uh, back in January, but meeting you completely changed my view of Imori. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is that like I pick my favorite character and then I'm usually like, everyone stay away. 
And so since Murphy was my favorite character, I was like, mm-mm, not you. No, go away. Oh, so you didn't You're like not him. not invited. But, yeah. then, but then after meeting you, I was like, now watching season four, I'm like, yes to all of this. Well, now I like her and I'm screwed. So I have yeah. that bit. <laughs> yeah. um, awesome. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, Murphy's my favorite character. So this is my like super selfish question. What would you say is the best thing about working with Richard? He's, he's just easy to work with. He's awesome. He's down to earth, professional. I can't really sum it up in, in one mm-hmm. uh, e- easy. I don't know. It's just easy. You know, when stuff just clicks. It's, yeah. It's great. He's, he's, and he's so good. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just awesome. It's awesome. We have a lot of fun. Um, speaking of Unity Days, um, apparently that was your first con ever. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, how many cons have you been to since? Like, what's your favorite thing about doing the whole con thing? I, I just love to meet the fans. It's awesome. I'm up to three now. Uh, just had my third in Nottingham. And then before that, I was at uh, the one in Paris. Um, it's, it's just really, this show really seems to connect with people. And, and it's, it's really special for a lot of people. And it's so um, special uh, to, to meet the fans and so that they can share their stories with us. And it's very emotional, too, especially, I find, um, because Amori has uh, a mutation and doesn't look like anyone else, I find I get a, a lot of people who, who tell me how that one line um, when she was in the City of Light where Jaha right. said to her, Amori, you know, you can correct your defects here. And Amori says, I would if I had any. She has just completely embraced who she is and she's not ashamed of it. She is proud of it. It is, it's just, it's, that's just it. That's what it is. Um, the, the amount of people have, who have come up to me and said, this line, that means everything to me. Um, it, 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 it makes it very special that I'm able to, um, represent something that gives such strength to, uh, to people. So, uh, I, that, that of, of everything from the conventions, I find that the most wonderful. And it's, it's also very emotional, right? It's like, a, I don't know, it's, I mean, it's such an emotional show and then, um, Meeting the fa- for, uh, for the the fans usually get really emotional when they meet us. We get really emotional when we meet you. It's just a really charged thing. It's it's special. It's it's sort of unlike anything else. I love that. It's so unique too because I've never seen a cast interact with fans the way you guys interact with fans. Yeah, it's really there's it's it's something special here. I mean, this is the first show I've been on that sort of um, had a, a following like this where there's there's been conventions. So I don't really have anything to compare it to. You probably have a better idea than me if you've, if you've been to other cons or, um, but yeah, it's, it's special. There's, it's a really good group of people. Everyone's just has a lot of fun together and works hard together. And um, I think we really lucked out. I lucked out to, to be brought onto the show and to, uh, have been able to do as many episodes as I have because it's especially in in this season because now I've gotten to work with other people on the show which has been it's been really fun really fun. That's fantastic. Especially you got to go to Paris recently. Um, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I know. And someone says, "Hey, do you want to go to Paris for a convention?" Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, like, <laughs> really that's do. A no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, Europe. Hard it was my yes. First time. Hard yes, yes, hard yes. And I, my grandmother was is was from France, and mm. um, it was it was special for a lot of reasons being able to go there. Did you remember any of like your <laughs> mandatory Canadian school French? 
I I did. I couldn't believe it. It was <laughs> buried deep in there. And as we were walking around and, you know, going out wherever you want to, I tried to start off with as much French as I could, which is very minimal. So, Bonjour, comment ça va? Yeah. Je m'appelle Louisa. Like the basic phrases. Right. If it's rain, il pleut, il fait soleil. Like simple <laughs> little things. But suddenly, like other stuff would come out like colors and and I, I remember right. words or I'd get a gist of what was people were talking about it was very just a little bit but I was kind of impressed with myself I thought <laughs> I had nothing left of French and there was a little bit in there I'm so it makes so me want to learn it makes me want to I, I want to be able to go there and like just speak it I feel like that's a superpower just having multiple languages it's it's so awesome it totally one day I mean, yeah, exactly. I can't remember any of my French, so. <laughs> you know what? You never know. Go to Montreal or Quebec or France, if, and you'd be surprised what you retain, you've retained from grade four and five. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of Canada, though, um, this was like my number one question that I wanted to ask you at Unity Days, but we ran out of time, is you grew up in British Columbia, Vancouver. Um, has the show taken you anywhere new? in BC that you hadn't been before? Yeah, I hadn't been <clears throat> so deep into the GVRD, which is yeah. where we do a lot of forest stuff. Um, I definitely hadn't been there. There were some other areas where I couldn't even tell you where we were. <laughs> uh, but like whenever I, um, uh, the couple times that I've docked the boat, especially in, it was season three, uh, when I was with Jaha, and we w first went to uh, the island. There was this beautiful dock that we that we went to. Um, I don't know where that was, but all I can tell you is it was absolutely gorgeous. And there was a bear that came by at one point. Oh wow! Oh my god! So yeah, and it just sort of moseyed on its way past. I, I don't really think I, it's. They're very common, I guess, in the area. But yeah, it's it's really nice to be able to um, go out into nature, especially on a beautiful sunny day, and work. It's it's really wonderful oh, that's whenever I kind of like travel around BC I'm just like this place isn't real I know it's magical especially if you go I mean there's a lot of beautiful places in the world but being away from here for a while and then coming back and seeing the green and the lushness and, and how yeah. the, the land moves because there's so much beautiful movement to the land with the mountains and the valleys and it, and it changes uh, where you go um like it, it, BC can look so different as you yeah. move through it it's exactly. just a, it's a beautiful place. It's just beautiful. It's yeah. perfect for a show like this. Mm -hmm. Perfect. I always have East Coast friends who are like, well, the East Coast doesn't look like this. And I'm like, yes, because BC looks better than that. BC is beautiful. <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of beautiful stuff in Canada, though. I used to live in yeah. Toronto. I would really like to get to the Maritimes eventually. I mean, the, the, the pictures I've seen of the coast there just seem just gorgeous. Um, there's just so much beauty in Canada. It's I spend I spend a bunch of uh, time during the summer in the mountains, and so I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the mountains, that must have been very peaceful. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful up there. They've got like some old timey, like not old timey, but they're they're tourist towns, and so they all look very, um, like small and put together with like log cabin esque stuff, and it's quaint it's cute. and romantic and. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so Alberta. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Banff, perhaps? Yeah, I don't Banff, know. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Another place I gotta get to. I gotta get to Banff. It's beautiful there. Should we just 
devolved into talking about Canada. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a Canada podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they tell us. We've been we've been cited as aggressively Canadian. Oh, well, you're, you're representing. That's good. See, that's a yeah. very specific niche. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're yeah. like, what do you bring that other people don't? Well, we're really Canadian, and so is Lisa, so... There's there a lot go. of... Yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, Robin, did you have a question about Sachin? Yes, I did. I did have a question about Sachin. <laughs> All you have um, to do is say his name, and people will use people's <laughs> So yeah, I I, uh, I noticed that he seems to really enjoy harassing you on Snapchat. Like, yeah. how how's, how was that about? That was just <laughs> well, Sachin is just so full of energy, which is yeah. Okay, so when I first met Sachin, I didn't know him in Vancouver. I just had seen the show and I'd seen Jackson. I was like, wow, this guy seems like really nice and calm and just a real great like relaxing presence. If he's anything like the character he plays on the show, and then I met him and I started working. <laughs> I was like, I don't know who you are at all. You're a very good actor because you are nothing like Jackson. Yeah. Aside from them both being very caring people, energy-wise, the exact, exact opposite human being. Um, yeah, so we were just in Nottingham at a convention out there, and he's on Snapchat, of course, and doing all sorts of fun stuff. And he just kept putting the camera on me uh, and saying, say something, say something. And I, I don't know why, I just was, I, I just wasn't. No, there was nothing authentic that I wanted. I just didn't have anything to say. So I'm like, there's no point in just saying something to say it. And then he started to think it was very funny. And he, he kept harassing me over and over and over again. And yeah, we could tell know, he then, thought it was real good. He, he was loving it. He just thought it was great. That was, this is, that's not like something special. This is literally just a sliver into the world that is Sachin. This is just a tiny piece. He's, he's so much fun to be around. He's a he's a great guy. Yeah, imagine traveling to cons must be. I'm not going to perform for him on staff. (laughs) He's a circus. He's a hit. He's a hit. He he. It's a circus in a good way. Yeah, healthy. In a healthy good way. Except every once in a while, I just, I have got nothing. Sorry, Sachin, I got nothing to say on Snapchat. Sorry. You know, when people put you on the spot like that, especially on Snapchat, you're like, there's too much pressure to be funny right now. I know, I'm not good at that kind of stuff. And then I don't want to uh-huh. say something stupid. So I just yeah, opt so out. Like, out. You just like wave Hard like, pass. hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yep. Anyway, I just assume that'll happen, continue to happen. Yeah. Just start like uh, sassing him back. Be like, say something. Something. There's right, no, you, you can't, you can't beat Sachin. There's no winning. <laughs> no, that's true. In that. No, there's no winning. I think if you're maybe like Jared could win mm-hmm. um, and Richard could probably, they, right. they, they would probably draw even uh, just cause Richard's got a lot of sass. Um, <laughs> but I don't think I can win. I'm not, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> It'll just invite more. I don't want any more. I can't do it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Good. He's too good. Um, so speaking of Amori, um, which we weren't speaking about Amori at all, but speaking <laughs> about Amori, <laughs> yeah. um, what's been the most like challenging thing about playing Amori? Um, <clears throat> most challenging thing about playing Amori uh, has been finding, I think, the right level of her suffering. Mm. Um, that's, that's just what's coming to me right now. Cause it's always a, you know, there's different things that are a challenge every day. It depends right. on what 
is that you're doing that day. Um, maybe overall, it's just been, been finding the right thing because because he, she's someone who has suffered and has a lot of baggage and damage. But finding a way to show that without making them making her a victim because she she right. doesn't see herself as a victim. Like she's not a, a victim. She's she's active in her life. She's a very very intelligent, proactive individual who is is not necessarily looking to for someone to just save her. She wouldn't have survived anywhere near right. as long as she has if she if she was like that. Um, so I think that's probably been the most challenging. Um, it, it's been a really great journey because there's been so she's evolving and being challenged and uh, and it's been really interesting this season to see her with so many other characters because for for quite a while it was just her and John Murphy and their story was I loved their story it's so great um, and it's so but it's so different now because because I know how she feels around him how she how she is around him like that's very I, I, we've all kind of like figured that out. Um, but suddenly being around other people in society is, that's a whole curveball. So, uh, it's been a challenge also to like figure out how she feels about everyone else. Cause it's all different. Every single person, depending on how she perceives them and how much of a threat she thinks they are, she's going to feel differently about them. So it's been, and, and there hasn't been too much, too, too much in the scripts to tell me that, like a, right. to be, to sort of spell it out. So I've sort of just kind of filled it in myself in my own head um but yeah she's really fun to play I really yeah, like I that <laughs> she's great yeah I like that on the island she kind of took on the role of like the observer just kind mm -hmm. of watching to see what everyone would do I was fascinated by that because it's kind of like she was like a spy mm -hmm. she is she gathers information I mean her her role was to get them to the island and now that role was was over and so she was hmm. looking for like you know what the next thing is but the whole time it's like she doesn't trust people and just because things are good now like she knows doesn't mean they're going to stay good so she's definitely smart which yeah I think especially after watching. she was put in, or almost put in the the chamber that was a yeah. really amazing scene oh thanks that was <laughs> that was those two episodes were really um were really really fun to do really challenging and ex like emotionally exhausting and mm -hmm. physically exhausting uh but it's just like anything that's really really challenging at the end you just it's so amazing you're so happy when it turns out well you're so frustrated mm -hmm. on the takes that don't work out and but then when you get it it's like yes okay okay there there it is because you want it to be truthful it's 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 this fleeting thing you can't manhandle it into into fruition you you have to you just work as best you can and hope that it rises and it and it and it comes out right and 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 you don't know until it's all edited and together if it's gonna mm -hmm. work when you got those scripts were you just kind of like a little like oh what's about to happen here oh I sat there I couldn't believe it when I read the scripts because it was it was such great material for my character mm -hmm. yeah um and such just so awesome especially when I read the turn uh in episode seven how it was all like it was a trick mm -hmm. when I realized that oh my god Amori <gasps> you're just amazing. yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is beyond 
I just sat there for a minute and took it in. Yeah. Uh, Whenever I get kinda... scripts too, I just like to, it's almost like sitting down to an episode, right? Like you, cause mm-hmm. you know, I kind of have an idea what it will probably look like. So it's like sit down and make sure I have it, you know, a half hour or 45 minutes, however long I think it's going to take me to read it and just to, and not be disturbed and just enjoy it like an episode. Cause it is, it's right. really entertaining to read. This, this actually kind of goes in with a different question that I had, uh, which was what is the sort of the biggest difference that you've noticed going from shooting to seeing the aired episode? Like, w- was it like a different way that you expected, like that sort of thing? Um, <clears throat> when you watch uh, your the work that you've done, it's, I don't know, it's always different. It depends how it, how it ends up on screen. I mean, it, it's, it's usually... For, difficult watching yourself it's it's not a relaxing experience mm-hmm. yeah. yeah constantly assessing and judging everything and if it turns out good it's it's less of a celebration and more of a relief um that it's it, if you thought it worked well on the day and it turns out well you're like okay good thank, thank goodness like I, I was that's what I was hoping for um but yeah I don't know I mean it's it's uh, it's definitely a. It's easier now. In the beginning, it was excruciating watching myself. It's it's so difficult. I yeah. think um, for some people, it would definitely was for me. But I'm I'm getting better. Um, I I maybe watched some of your like other interviews on YouTube, uh, and you mentioned that you really love Harry Potter. Yes, yes. Um, what Hogwarts house are you in? Like, what house do you think Amori would be in? Oh, I think she'd be in Slytherin for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got this yeah, question agreed. on Twitter a while ago, and I I said maybe between Slytherin and Gryffindor. And the only reason I would argue that is because, one, I everybody wants to be in Gryffindor, and I want her to be in Gryffindor. Because that's, <laughs> that's where I want her to be. Yeah. I want her that to be her, like, end game, where, like, that's where she gets. Is that where yeah. you are? I don't know. I've never – I have no idea. Um <laughs> I don't know what where I would be. Maybe I might be. I was always really good at school, so maybe I'd be mm. in Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw, yeah. yeah. But I also really like working with people, and I really like, um, uh, like when I have a good leader. So maybe even Hufflepuff. I honestly, I have no idea. I don't know. All but of them. All of them. All honestly, of, it's good to have traits from from all four of them. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But definitely Amori, I think, in Slytherin at this point in the game and for, for sure. pretty much her, her whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also heard great. that you can sing. So what's your Broadway dream role? Oh, man. Um, I always wanted to do Velma from Chicago just because mm-hmm. I, yes. I saw Catherine Zeta-Jones in that. It just blew my mind. Um, but I, I've never... I did a lot of musical theater before, but I don't really dream about that anymore, I guess. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like it's sort of a, an irrelevant question for me. I, I, I'm almost much prefer just seeing incredible performers. I like, I love right. like, the times I've gone to New York and seen Broadway shows. They're just so good. They're yeah. so good. I'm not, I'm not at that level. I can't sing to that level, anywhere near that level or, or, or dance or, you know, I mean, their, their skill set. Um, I have so much respect for it. It is, and they do it day in and day out. Right. They're, they're marathon performers. I don't know. Yeah, sometimes like nine shows a week. I know. It's incredible. The, the amount of emotion and energy that you put out in a single show. 
and there's no stopping. There's no, oh, like, we messed up that take. Well, You're like, right. go back and do it again. You, you have the start of the show to the end of the show. I think that's, there's something so, like, exciting and almost addictive about that, though, because the, mm. the show must go on. It's such a real thing, mm-hmm. even when stuff screws up. Or, and it, even if it's clear, if you don't break character, if you just keep going, find a way to work through it, then the show continues. The second you let the audience know that you've made a mistake, then the show has stopped. Right. But if, that's really the thing. You just continue. It, they're incredible, though. I have so much respect for them. Um, what was your favorite show that you saw on Broadway? Um, I really liked Avenue Q. I did not know. I think I think I really liked that one because it was such a surprise. Yeah. I didn't really know that much going into it. And I kept trying um, to get into the book. I haven't seen the Book of Mormon because you don't know how many times I went outside to try and get tickets because there were no tickets available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do a lottery. And uh, I was there with my boyfriend and everyone around us kept winning except for us. We must have gone, I think, every oh. single day to try and get tickets. <laughs> so That's I still haven't fair. seen the Book of Mormon. I'm sure I'd like that because I, I yeah. like so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Avenue Q was great. Avenue Q, I was like, oh, so this is a show about puppets? Had no it's, idea. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what to expect, but it's it's definitely not a show about puppets. Yeah, exactly. Don't bring your kids to it. Um. Okay, so are you down for some fan questions? Yeah, of course. Uh, so our first question comes from Maeve, who is at FTG Reyes on Twitter, and her question was, did you learn any French in France? I, nothing that I could say offhand that I remember, but my French got better. My French got better and it's probably gotten worse since I've come back. So I'm, I'm back at neutral. So it didn't help at all. Yeah, there's not a lot of French speaking in BC. No, there's not. If you're on the, the Eastern half of Canada, there's a lot more French. It's, there's not a lot of people to practice mm-hmm. with around here. Yeah. Um, this question from, comes from Megan or Sorry Blakes on Twitter. They want to know uh, your favorite part about portraying Amori. Um, I oh, you know what? I think probably it's so hard to pin down, but one of my favorite parts is how unconventional she is. Mm. She is so not a typical character, especially um, as an actor. A lot of the stuff you get is like. They're all, every character is different, but it's a police officer or a lawyer or a mom or a right. girlfriend or a, um, there's, there's a, there, it's someone who lives in our world and Maury doesn't live in our world. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part. Yeah, I think she's about. so wonderfully a sci-fi character. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. And even within her sci-fi world, she doesn't belong to her sci-fi world. It's exactly. <laughs> right, right. She's so far removed. I just, I love it. It's so fun. It's so fun because there's so much I get to create. Oh, that's so cool. Um, okay, we have, um, Robin, do you want me to ask this one? Yeah, I just put okay. my, my, yeah, you got all these. Okay. Um, we have two questions from Sarah. Um, she wants to know your favorite aspect of Amori's relationship with Murphy. Um, my favorite aspect of their relationship is definitely mm-hmm. how much of a team they are. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I always feel, I've always felt like when you're in a relationship with someone, the the biggest thing about it is you're on the same team as them. You're not fighting against them. It's not a battle between you two. You're on the same team going into life together. And uh, and that's exactly what they are. They're so deeply on each other's team. It's, 
the the question of are we together it, it doesn't even exist anymore. It's just mm-hmm. it's just disappeared. I love that about them. It's very I think just uh, inspiring mm-hmm. relationships in general. Yeah, like with Amori, she doesn't have like loyalty to, to a lot of people, but when she does, she's just ride or ride, ride or die. She has loyalty to zero people except for John Murphy. I mean, she had loyalty to her brother, but he's right. not around anymore, unfortunately, um, for her. But yeah, she has loyalty to him and to herself. Yeah. And that's it. Which I think is similar for him. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's been an interesting challenge, though, because he, he still has affiliations with his people. Right. And it's, it's kind of gray how far those affiliations would take him as far as how close he would allow himself to be with them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, if he's getting close with them and Maureen knows it, I means she's getting close with them by default just because they're so together. Um, so uh, it's, it's that, that's like where the challenge comes for her, finding the balance. Yeah. And then, like, the closer they get, the bigger the consequences are. Yeah, exactly. Relationship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they've managed to navigate so far, I think, pretty well. Yeah, I, I love their relationship. I think it's, like, the, one of the best ones on the show. I agree. It's so, it's, it's so bizarre because they're such, like, they can do such bad things, but they're so healthy. They're, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. healthiest couples. <laughs> Even like, though they, they do, do the weirdest stuff. stuff. But they are, yeah. I mean, everyone in the show does terrible things at times. Everyone's trying to survive. It's just a show of bad situations. You pick A or B, and they're both bad. Mm -hmm. Right, (laughs) yeah. Maybe bad is the wrong word, but, like, people are always getting hurt. Someone's Mm -hmm. always suffer. But I always find myself rooting for those two. Whenever they're up to something, I'm just like, yes! They're kind of delicious. Yes, that's that's the perfect word. Like naughty. What are you? What are they, What are Bonnie and Clyde gonna get up to now? They're so yeah, bad. Yeah. So good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. For Sarah's other question, um, she wants to know the best part about being on a sci-fi show. <clears throat> the freedom. Um. Kind of similar to the other question, but the freedom to mm-hmm. to create new things. Mm-hmm. And it, it the same way that people enjoy watching some sci-fi because it takes you away from the world that we live in and you kind of go on this adventure it's the same for the actors we also go on an adventure because we're right. also living in these other worlds at playing people who don't live in the same society that we have nowadays it's a different kind of society um it's just every it's more it, there's just free i don't know it's more free it's yeah. it's fun it's just so fun mm-hmm. sci-fi is just like a bigger more inclusive like huge genre yeah you can do anything in it yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very broad, that's for sure. Uh, this next question comes from my little sister, Callie, um, <laughs> and she wanted to know uh, how heavy is your prosthetic and, like, what does it feel like when it's on? <clears throat> it's not too heavy. It's made of uh, silicone, I believe. It's a full glove that goes up to my elbow, um, but it's quite, like, the hand is very big. So it, mm-hmm. uh, it definitely, if... For Amori, her she would be able to use her hand really well. I think it would actually almost be like a, a weapon in a way for her because um, there's probably a lot of strength in it. But for me, because it's silicone and I can't, I don't have sensation in the fingertips. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, it's sort of difficult to do things with if I'm trying to do small like motions, like if I'm trying to right. do the buckle of my bag, for example, it's not that dexterous. It's like, it's a little difficult, but it's, it, it is, I love having it on because especially being with the rest of the cast. Cause it's just, everyone's like, Oh man, like your head, it's so cool. And like, and intense and everything. Um, so it's definitely like, it's the same thing as being in the world. You get, you, you walk onto set, you put on the wardrobe, you get the hair and makeup done, you put on the hand for me, the hand it's, you start to become the real person. So that's what I like about it. I believe you t- told a story about unity days about how you once, um, put a taco while oh. like, between <laughs> the fingers while eating it. Uh, yeah. We were having tacos for lunch and I, uh, I, I didn't, I couldn't take it off because, um, I can't remember why, but I, I was just leaving it on and we were eating tacos. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. So I, I, I held a taco. It was like a perfect taco holding hand and the sauce ran, you know, as it always does when you eat tacos all over the place. But man, I ate that taco really good. And it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was very entertaining for a lot of the cast and crew to see this hand being used. I thought I did pretty good with it. <laughs> That's it felt like my genius. Hand. It worked out great. Yeah, it's um, good. Like- <clears throat> um, Robin, do you have the next one, or is this me? It's all you, unless it has an R beside it. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> good. Okay, so it's Brittany. Um, we have two questions from uh, Meta, and she asks, how long do you spend in makeup, especially with, like, the prosthetic and the face makeup? Mm-hmm. I'm about an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, the very first time that uh, I was on set, it took almost three hours to get everything wow. on. Yeah, it's like w- with when you're working with stuff for the first time, it's it's new for everyone. You're not in a groove yet. So it, it takes more time to, to figure everything out. But now we've been doing it long enough that it's the time has been shaved down quite a bit. It's a machine in there. The amount of people that they process and hear our makeup in the morning is incredible. Well, yeah, and I bet with all of the background talent and everything. You have a big background day. Every single one of those people has to be made into yeah. a grounder. You're talking like f- tattoos and scarring and hair and wardrobe. It's it it's incredible the amount of work that goes into it so that the world comes alive. And what do you usually do while you're getting your makeup done? Do you like read or? Um, the, we there's, we joke a lot, chat a lot. Mm. Everyone's buddy buddy, so it's usually a lot of fun. Depends how early it is. If it's really early, then right, you're just like forcing yourself to start to wake up. Drinking your coffee, drinking a second coffee. <laughs> Sometimes you have breakfast. I mean, whatever. It's always different. If you have a really big day, maybe you're running over lines. It's always different. Okay. Um, this is a more theoretical question, but it's pretty cute. Um, if the characters had Secret Santa and Amori got Clark, what would she get her as a present? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, first, you'd have to... to explain to Amori like, <laughs> yeah. what Christmas is and and the premise of Secret Santa and she, like, you guys are crazy. I can't believe you do things like this. Um, Clark, what would she get Clark? If she actually wanted to get her a good present, um, can I make up something? Yeah. Yes. I want to get her something from Harry the Harry Potter world. Like yeah. like 
Oh, a sneakoscope. Oh my gosh. That would be so helpful for her. It would also be <laughs> not smart for Amori because it would mean she'd always know whenever Amori was trying to trick her. But if oh, she I actually was true. Clark's friend and said, okay, I actually want to get you a legit gift <laughs> that you can use against me. Here's the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, here's the thing that shows how much I trust you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a fantastic answer. I was thinking something like Amori would kind of like cheekily walk up and be like, I got you a brush. <laughs> a brush? A brush. If anyone needs, Amori needs to use a brush even a lot more than Clark. <laughs> Maybe I just get her some, some, no, I, Amori wouldn't get her any like soap or shampoo or anything. I, I can't even, who knows when the last time Amori's cleaned herself. <laughs> Amori hasn't found a lush. We actually have a segment on the podcast called the Clark Griffin Shower Watch. Um, just to, try and figure out when Clark gets to bathe and then it was that episode where Clark had an actual shower on screen and we're like was this for us (laughs) oh no doubt it was it was for the gratification of all the fans who episode after episode after season after season everyone is so dirty when does anybody shower and then Jasper had a shower Mm -hmm. and then Clark had a shower Mm -hmm. it was it's a it's very satisfying to watching all these these dirty people I, I think we can just assume Amori had a shower there at some point. She, yeah, at some point. <clears throat> she <Yeah>. probably... <laughs> I mean, you know what? I bet she, she'd jump in the lake every once in a while and, you know, whatever, ho- however good a bathing can be. Yeah, yeah pull up some lush stuff. Just, like, have a time. Uh, but, you know, I think if you, if you just kind of don't bathe, you only get so... Like, your body kind of equalizes at some point. That's what I'm hoping. Because otherwise, like, her and John are pretty right. stinky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think your hair does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't smell. It smells like bandits. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, this next question comes from Alice, who's uh, Artisan GK on Twitter. She wants to uh, know if you think Amori will ever completely trust Sky Crew. Ooh, isn't that, is, isn't that the, uh, the million dollar question mm-hmm. for the Amori storyline? Yep. I don't know the answer. Um, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. But, I mean, it's it's in her nature to be, to not trust mm-hmm. through her yeah. life. So that's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs> one day, maybe we will. Maybe we will. Hopefully one day. Uh, this next question comes from my mom. <laughs> uh denise who's at dc jeffrey on twitter and she says at unity days you mentioned that you really enjoy cooking what's your go-to meal to make if you have company coming over uh i make a really good pasta ali olio which is pasta with olive oil and garlic nice Um, that sounds amazing it's great it's so simple you put a little bit of anchovy in there you can use paste or you can use the actual uh, fillet of anchovy and like crush it down and some parmesan and some red pepper flakes and and uh, some breadcrumbs just to make it stick. It's so simple, so good. Yeah, Perfect. I like. That I make a lot of. So good. Yeah, I'm a little hungry now. <laughs> it's it's one of the few meals too where I don't have an off switch. Like I'm usually pretty good, but not overeating like crazy. But I don't know how to stop eating this stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, so I can't make it. I got to be careful. I can't make. I can't make it unless I'm willing to to, to just go to town. With pasta especially, it's just kind of like an endless, yeah, I, eat it all. I love pasta. 
so I was so I was just in the south of Italy um, because my boyfriend he's part Italian and he has mm-hmm. extended family down there. So we were staying mm-hmm. with his family, and what they do is because it, it, lunches in particular are quite a big thing. Um, when you when the pasta is served out though, you get one plate. It's delicious. It's incredible pasta, but there's no massive amount of extra food that you can just keep oh. eating if you want. You get one plate of pasta and that's what you eat. And then on top of that, there'll be probably vegetables and some meats and cheeses and right. other stuff. But it's just, it's very controlled. Uh, and that's how they, that's why they're all, they can eat pasta every day. And they're, they're not I taking out. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm assuming that, that what they do is probably what a lot of Italian families do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And man, they make good pasta. Oh my god, everything, every single meal. I was like, how do we? How do you make this? How do you make this? I need to know. Are you gonna try it? Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I got all these ideas now after after being there. Yeah, that's awesome. I really, really want pasta now. Yeah, me too. I'm hungry. (laughs) Go have pasta for lunch now. Make some pasta aioli. Um, this next question comes from Irene. She wants to know, um, if there's anything that could happen to make Amori stop trusting Murphy. Oh, God. That's so sad. Um, yeah. I know, I read question. it and I was like, oh. <laughs> if, if John Murphy did something that, where for his own survival, it seemed like he was choosing, like, his sky crew over her. Mm-hmm. Um, that he was gonna like throw her to the wolves yeah. to survive. That just does not sound like something he would do. So I know I am um, hoping on not that. Yeah, me too. That that would be pretty awful for for both of them. Mm-hmm. He would have. I'm sure he'd have a lot of guilt over it. Mm-hmm. it would that would break them? That'd be sad. I mean, it kind of sounds like the trial that they went through in <clears throat> 407 that had a different outcome, where he yeah. kind of proved that he. His loyalty is to Amori before anyone else. Yeah, and she has really challenged him this season because she's constantly been, like, in the beginning of the season, she was like, I got to get out of here because I'm not going to survive and and I'm not going to make you come with me, but I got to go. I want us to go, but I got to go. And, I mean, he convinced her to stay and and then she trusted him and then they ended up leaving anyway. And she's, so many times, though, throughout the season, it's like, John, I don't know. I don't trust him. John, I don't know. I got to get out of here, John. And every time he's always been like, no, I'm on your side. We'll figure this out together. So this season, I think, really solidified them for her mm-hmm. uh, even more yeah. than season three. So it would be devastating if if that got broken. Writers, please, please, writers, no. <laughs> oh, but there's, they are, there's, they're deadly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite literally. Like, literally deadly. Quite literally, very deadly. So we'll see. Especially after the last episode. Oh yeah, I know. So good, Poor but three. oh man. Yeah, just if you haven't seen it yet, listeners. Ah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, just the basic reaction. <laughs> we won't tell you. Ah! Yeah, exactly. So many emotions and so much fighting. It was awesome. Oh, so it was like the Hunger Games, the hundred edition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, this question is from Yana on Twitter. She would like to know what it's like working with Paige Turco and if you have any stories you can share. 
Uh, Paige is a very giving person. She's just such a pleasant person to be around. Um, I, I I didn't work with her too too much. Just just right. what we did um, in the lab there. But uh, Paige is just. It's funny because it, this is how it works. Like when you're shooting. Uh, you're doing a take and, and a line screws up or things like it, it doesn't work out. And, and it seems like, Oh, maybe it's go it can be going off the rails. And this happens so often um, when you're shooting. And then mm-hmm. suddenly a take happens that is incredible and it all like falls together and it's mm-hmm. beautiful. And that I, I've so many times I've seen um, pages work. Just it's so strong and so clear and, uh, there's been a couple times where I've been watching behind the monitor. I just love watching, watching her work because she's so she's such a strong maternal figure. Mm-hmm. Her emotion is so uh, on the surface. It's so it's so visceral and, and and you can feel her what she's feeling and feel what she's also f- like fighting against because she's always trying to achieve something. She's always trying to you know make the best decision and do what she needs to do. Um, it's just really enjoyable to watch. Yeah, that was one of the characters that I really wanted to see Amori interact with more was Abby. I thought they had such an interesting relationship. Yeah, I thought so too, especially because she's never had, obviously she never really had a mother, it seems like. If she did, what her relationship was with her. So here she sees a mother and her daughter very close, working together, trusting each other, having each other's back. This is a new thing for her. She's never seen this before. I think part Mm -hmm. of that, seeing that, is what triggered... um, that conversation that she had with, with Clark, even though she was trying to trick Clark, what she said was true. Uh, with episode seven with Bayless, mm-hmm. where she's, right. you know, you were loved, you were told you were special. I was thrown away like someone's garbage, you know, nothing of my pain. Like it's, but there's a jealousy in her. There's such a, she, she would want that more than anything or more than a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and probably didn't even know that, that something like that was really even possible. So, Yeah, the uh, concept of, like, a family and of a mother is just... Amori never got that. Never. And to, to see that amount of love is both, like, so... I think she is mesmerizing for her. Yeah. Even And she, she wishes she could have had that. But also, it's just... It's a new concept. It's a new thing. And I think she... Yeah, I think mesmerizing is probably the right word. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see, yeah, I would like to see, it would be cool to see um, an interaction with her and any kind of like parent, pseudo parent figure would be interesting. That would maybe be, I mean, there's so many, such intricate storylines, so many of them. So like in my own little head of who knows (laughs) what I would wish, but that would be, that would be a cool one. Season five, Abby adopts Amori. <laughs> if she survives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, don't. <laughs> I won't say. I won't say. But okay. it's still airing. Still airing. Yeah. We're so close to the end, but. Whew. I know. Yeah. Thanks. And next episode is the episode that Ian directed. Did you get to be directed by Ian? Yes. Yes, I did. It was cool. It was awesome. I was so happy for him mm-hmm. um, that he was directing it. What was that like being directed by a fellow actor? Uh, I mean, it, it felt mostly the same. Um, okay. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's awesome too, because there's such a tight group on the show. 
between the cast and the crew, everyone is a really well functioning machine. Um, and everyone was really like rooting for him. Like we always do on the episodes. Mm-hmm. We just mm-hmm. want it to go well. Uh, I think it, people were just really excited for him and, and happy. So it, it, I, everything went really well. It was really fun. It was, he, 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 I think maybe the only thing was, uh, as an actor, you get really involved in that process. So probably I would imagine maybe for him, there's so much he would want to talk about with the actors, but sometimes you just don't have time and you have to say, right. okay, okay. Like here's like one thing and then let's just shoot. Cause we'll talk forever and ever and ever and ever. Right. We're out of time and there goes the episode. Yeah. You guys move really fast in terms of shooting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's depending on what you shoot, you sometimes move a lot faster or, or they'll slot a lot of time for it. If it's something that they know mm-hmm. is going to be particularly difficult, like mm-hmm. stunts. And for example, you can, you can't really rush stunts because you're talking about safety. Right. So there's just a certain amount of time you have to have. You can't, you can't rush that. Um, but yeah, sometimes say if, if, you know, you might lose an hour because of weather or things are like when it's raining outside, think everything mm-hmm. slows down. That's just how it goes. And it rains a lot in Vancouver. So it's yes. a lot. Um, so you all, we all just kind of rally together and get it going as best we can. And, you know, people work really hard in, in difficult conditions. Sometimes you only have a couple of takes or the sun's coming up or, or the sun's going down. You're losing light or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If the environment is changing around you, there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to get, through it as fast as possible and so everyone really like rallies brings their a-game and, and you get it done as, as quick and as efficiently as you can yeah imagine it would actually be really hard to shoot outdoors in vancouver in the winter <clears throat> it, it it's yeah it's uh yeah. it's challenging the cold this the past rain. winter <laughs> yeah it this, it's not like it's new though everyone yeah. who's worked on the show like you know what you're getting into you've done it before and if you're a new mm. character it may be a surprise to an actor, but I would think if you've seen a bit of the show, you you have an idea of 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 what the environment is like. But it's great on set; they have these. Um, they'll give you thermal clothing to put underneath your wardrobe, and you'll have little mm-hmm. he- hand heaters. And as best they can, they try to keep you warm because they don't want you to be too cold. It's easier. It's easier to work if you're as comfortable as possible. Yeah. Um, and they know that that what you can do will be better but sometimes you're just cold and you're wet and the crew like sometimes you're just that's just what it is and you just you know buck up and get a little bit method for a minute and Mm -hmm. (laughs) just do it i mean your characters are suffering a whole lot more so maybe we can just you can just use it in the scene you are kind of a badass because i think i would be a big baby about that (laughs) (laughs) You, you know what you never know um until you get into the circumstance you know who, who's really tough is chris larkin oh my really? gosh he, you know what I, i'm not surprised at all he like he doesn't really seem to get if he's cold you wouldn't notice he doesn't complain he's just like there, he's ready to go a, he's just stone he, he just wow like when we saw him at unity days i thought it was so interesting because i'm like wow so like he's really acting with monty like he's just go <laughs> like monty's quick because chris moves slowly is something that i noticed about him he he's a steady guy wow he's a he's good steady. and steady guy he, he does not complain he just works yeah i guess chris okay yeah chris chris is always okay 
<laughs> and if he needs anything, he'll let you know. Yeah. Just deal with it. He's like a He's cat. Like the best person like to that. work with. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I only worked with him like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen, and I've seen like seen him around and stuff, but that was my impression. Um, our next question comes from Brock on Facebook, and he wants to know if you, Louisa, could pick a character on the show to hang out with. Who would you pick? Um, a character, hey. Mm-hmm. On this show or another show. Oh, man. To hang out with. Mm-hmm. Like for a date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's such a tough question. Um, I like Raven. Raven's cool. Yeah. Yes. I want to hang out with Raven, I think. Who doesn't like Raven? Nate, tell me one person who doesn't like Raven. I There's no one. Everybody loves Raven. She's if awesome. If they exist, I don't want to know them. <laughs> yeah. they, don't, they don't exist. No. They don't exist. They exist in the upside down. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and nobody wants to go there anyway. No. Okay, so pick a pick a character on Stranger Things that you would like to hang out with then. Um <laughs> Oh my I can't remember his name, but the the kid with the with the, his teeth that didn't come Dustin. all the way in. Dustin. Dustin him. I wanna hang out with him. Mm-hmm. I want him to be my kid. <laughs> I wanna just yeah. Yeah. Be my son or my nephew or let's just hang out. I'll babysit <laughs> yeah. you. Let's go. Like, I don't I don't think I'm cool enough to hang out with Dustin. Like, you know, like, that kid's amazing. Great. He's really great. Also, um, it'd, be, and- it'd be to hang out with, um, oh my gosh, I forgot her name. Was it like four? Seven? What was Eleven. Eleven. <laughs> See, I knew it was four. <laughs> Just call Eleven, it numbers, yeah. you'll get there eventually. <laughs> I, I want to hang out with her to bring her out of her shell. Right. And feed her waffles. What is that? And feed her waffles. Yeah. Yeah, she loves waffles. <laughs> I can't wait for that show to come back. You do. No. Yeah. Do you know when it's coming out? Uh, Halloween. Halloween. Oh, oh, that's good. Of course. Mm-hmm. It's a good release date. Um, this last question comes from Michelle, who is Lit Lady Loves HP on Twitter. She wants to know who you consider to be your acting inspirations. Who do you look up to? Um... I mean, there's so many. I, I don't know. If... It's hard to just pin down one. I mean, when you watch people work, there's always moments here and there that are just that incredible across the board. I mm-hmm. think a lot of actors. I really enjoy watching Benedict Cumberbatch because mm-hmm. he what he he's just so intellectual. He's so... Um, what, what he's able to do, like with Sherlock, for right, example, right. is mm-hmm. so above and beyond. Um, and uh, I also really like um, uh, it's Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, that's his name, right? Tom Hiddleston? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I should know his name, considering I just said I really like it. But he, <laughs> I, I do. And every, you know, sometimes you just forget the names but he his emotion is so uh incredible and i remember when he was playing loki um in the avengers he could playing a a bad character is is always a difficult thing because you need to be so likable and so hateable at the same time and something about him is so appealing and charming Mm -hmm. and 
you it's you just root for him. It's kind of same as John Murphy. You root for him even though you're like, whoa, what are you doing? It's so bad, but I, I love you. It's so great. Yeah. Um, he's just so. I don't know. He's just so like when he when you see him looking into another character's eyes and like there's such a. It's almost like you can just look into his soul and as an as a, a fellow actor, it's so inspiring to see to see that. That probably is a lot of. Uh, a lot of kudos to him as a person. Like mm-hmm. I, he's probably a very emotionally open person. And from interviews I've read with him, it seems, it seems like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I there's there's so many. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Those are great ones. Those are the the two British guys with really good cheekbones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of really great British actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of really great ones. <laughs> Okay, so now we have a lightning round. So I'm just gonna like if you're up for it, put do the questions okay. and you answer them as quick as you can. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. There's that. Right. They're pretty easy. Okay. I don't okay. think you'll have to do too much thinking. <laughs> so we'll be okay. okay. All right. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. Favorite color. Blue. Favorite food. Pasta. One similarity <laughs> between you and Amori. We're both resilient. One difference between you and Amori. I care more about people. Favorite movie. Pride and Prejudice. Celebrity crush. Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite band. Uh, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, would you rather live in Polis or Arcadia? Uh, Arcadia. Uh, favorite project you've worked on. Uh, I think the hundred. Mm-hmm. And Channel uh, Zero. That's a tie. Okay. Channel Zero tie. was uh, Dream travel destination. Oh my god. Everywhere I haven't been. <laughs> uh, who's your idol? My family. A lot of family members. A lot of Would you rather family. live on Science Island or Luna's Rig? Science Island. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your favorite season of the hundred that you've worked on? Four. Uh, name drop the most famous person you've ever met or worked with. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton. And a fun fact about you. (laughs) Uh, I'm freezing up like Sachin, like me on Sachin. (laughs) Uh, I can play some piano. I can play piano. Cool. Oh, that is cool. Billy Bob Thornton. I survived. Yeah, I worked with him on a movie called Into the Grizzly Maze. Wow. Wow. I, I just watched him run lines with Scott Glenn and smoke a cigarette. And I was like, you are the most interesting man I've ever seen. <laughs> it's just, you get why some people are just, they, they capture so well on camera. There's just something so interesting about him. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. He's, I, I was debating between him and Seth Rogen. Ooh, Seth Rogen. Yeah. How did Seth Rogen come about? I worked, yeah, I worked with him and Joseph Gordon-Levitt on 50-50 when they shot that here. Wow. I had one. I had one scene with one line, and the line got cut. So you, but I oh. just see me for like two seconds no. in the movie, and that's oh. it. Isn't that just how it is, though? Yeah, but I made it in. Yeah, I made it in. Awesome. Well, that was amazing. Like, Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. This was fun. Good questions. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and putting up with <laughs> our lightning round questions. Uh, no worries. Thanks for putting up with my silence, but I couldn't think of. <laughs>
So thank you so much for listening. Um, are we using our music? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, if you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. And we also have a Lost podcast, which we are going to be recording single episodes of from now on. But mm -hmm. yeah, go listen to it. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, and you can tweet us with anything you'd like us to discuss or correct us on or, you know, stuff like that. Or flail at us because Lisa was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash theaficionados. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating. We could really use your help. And our website is theaficionados.com. We also have a Tumblr, which is theaficionados.tumblr.com. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. It's all the aficionados. <laughs> and we have an article on our Tumblr that Robin wrote that I'm very proud of her for. Thanks. Yeah. You should go read it. It's about 21 pilot songs and all the characters. Yeah. From the 100. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A -T -T with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. We, um, we end every episode by saying, okay, love you, bye, at the end of our outro. So okay. <laughs> if you want to join in, that'd be awesome. I do. Yes, <laughs> okay. I do. Okay. okay. Right. Here we go. Yeah. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love, 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 bye. Love, love, love. bye. Bye. Love you, bye. <laughs> <laughs>